You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. I want you to hear a word that the Lord gave me, and it is from Joshua 5, where we've been continuing in Joshua, but in In prayer this week, there was a word that the Lord gave me, and I'm going to give it to you. But just stay in this posture of surrender. I think sometimes it's so easy for us to go into, this is how things are always done, and and I, I want you to stay in this place of surrender. So in Joshua 5, verse 1, When all of the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all of the Canaanite kings who lived along the Mediterranean coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan River so the people of Israel could cross, they lost heart and were paralyzed with fear because of them. I remember when we've been talking about crossing over and a shift taking place and a repositioning that the Lord would have. And last week we talked about him saying, come up and come out, come up and come out. And so they've crossed over, and in verse 2, at the time the Lord told Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the second generation of Israelites. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the entire male population of Israel. Joshua had to circumcise them because all of the men who were old enough to fight in battle when they left Egypt had died in the wilderness. Those who left Egypt had all been circumcised, but none of those born after the Exodus during the years in the wilderness had been circumcised. So they, the men previous to it, but the ones that were born after, they were born during the wilderness season, they had not been circumcised. The Israelites had traveled in the wilderness for 40 years until all of the men who were old enough to fight in battle when they left Egypt had died. So there were these men left. And this is what he said, for they had disobeyed the Lord and the Lord vowed he would not let them enter the land he had sworn to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. I want you to, I want you to see that, for they had disobeyed the Lord. In the message, it says it like this. The fact is that the people of Israel had walked through the wilderness for 40 years until an entire generation died out. All the men of military age who had come out of Egypt but had disobeyed the call of God. God vowed that they would never lay eyes on the land God had solemnly promised their ancestors to give us a land flowing with milk and honey. They disobeyed the call of God. I've said it before, but this, we are in a defining time. And that each of us have been called with purpose. But there is a temptation in this time to do you. To do your own thing, to walk away, and to disobey. And I, I was reading that, and I thought, gosh, that's a harsh word, disobey. I don't know if, you know, we'd be like, oh, I'm not disobeying the Lord. And so I, I looked it up. I looked up at what the word disobey means, and this is what it means, to defy. Some of us would be like, I'm not defying the Lord. <laughs> that's what Goliath did in the Bible. <laughs> to go against. Well, I don't feel like I'm going against. Maybe some of you are going against. 
to violate, but, but these are the words that stuck out, to resist. Disobey means to resist. To oppose or to disregard or to ignore. And, and, and that, so put it like this, because they resisted, because they ignored the call of God on their life. And just, just for a moment of, of the call of God, immediately, often call of God, we go to prophet, preacher, evangelist, can, can we stop that? Those are giftings that Jesus gives to the church, but, but all of you are called. And, and, and a pastor is not higher than anybody else because it's a fivefold. It's a gift that Jesus gives to the church. It's, can we stop looking for that, waiting? What am I? What am I? What am I? No, come on, you're called now. And God is calling the church to wake up and to rise up and to be the church, to be the bride that you were called to be. And he says, 40, 40 years these men died out. Why? Because they disobeyed the call of God and that there are us who are resisting or ignoring what God is saying to us individually, saying to us corporately. And I hear the Lord say, no more. And so I'm in prayer. And I, and I sit down and, I, and I'm praying and all of a sudden I hear, I hear the voice of the Lord and I begin to write it down. And I wrote it down. I don't want to miss anything. I'm going to read it to you. But this is what he said. This is the time of obedience to the Lord in your life. You must choose the fear of the Lord. The Lord says that there has been a lack of fear and reverence in my church. There has been misaligned fear in my church. There have, they have feared many things, but they have not feared me. You haven't feared my rule. You haven't feared my voice, but you have feared man. You have feared death. You have feared, they have feared themselves and the losing of themselves. They have feared the surrendering of themselves, but they have not feared me. He said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and you need wisdom in these days. You must choose the fear of the Lord. It is time to fully embrace. This is what he said to me, Megan, it is time for you to fully embrace what it means to fear the Lord. It is time for you to fully step into the place of what it would mean if I removed my hand from your life. What would that mean, Megan? You must choose the fear of the Lord and to fully step into that place. See, we... go to that place of I, I can do what I want or the Lord is saying this but it doesn't really matter that much 
And I hear the Lord say, this is the hour. We talked about it last week, but just in, in a little bit, this is the hour of the fear of the Lord. This should make you uncomfortable. It's the beginning of wisdom. So he said, begin to fully embrace it. What would it mean? What, 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 what would happen? Realize what would happen. You, you think you can get away with your petty things. What would it mean? And he said, remember Job where it says, the Lord gives. He said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Well, we don't like that. But he says, you recognize in that statement when he says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. He's saying, recognize who I am. Recognize my power. Recognize my majesty. This is who I am. And that it doesn't change. It doesn't change the love of God and how much he loves us. And his goodness towards us. But hear the Lord say that you you gotta align you gotta get you gotta get aligned here. This is the hour of the fear of the Lord. I heard somebody say this. That we know Jesus is friend, we know God is Father, but we we really don't know what to do with Jesus when he shows up as king. when a king shows up, there is absolute surrender and reverence that takes place. And this is, this is what he's calling us to in this hour. So then he said this, to whom much is given, much is being required. I am requiring much in these days because I'm about to usher in much in these next days. But if much isn't abandoned in this time, you will not carry the much because it will crush you in the weight of it. Hear this. You, he is, he is requiring much from us in these days because he's about to pour out but you will not be able to carry it if you do not surrender. So choose, the Lord said, choose, Megan, choose. Church, choose. Choose the fear of the Lord. Choose wisdom. Choose this day who you will serve. Then in verse 7, it says, so Joshua circumcised their sons, those who had grown up to take the father's places, for they had not been circumcised on the way to the promised land. They hadn't been taught covenant. They hadn't been taught reverence is what was going on. They, they, they weren't taught the reverence. And so now God shows up and says, this is time. personal renewal of covenant and making their choice to follow.
After verse eight, after all the males had been circumcised, they rested in the camp until they were healed. There is a circumcision that's taking place today. In Deuteronomy and I think in Romans, it talks about the circumcision of the heart where you allow the Lord to come in and cut away places in your life, places in your heart. Then in verse 9, it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So the place has been called Gilgal to that day. This is so interesting to me because these were men that did not know Egypt. They did not know slavery. Their parents... Their parents did. But yet after the circumcision, God shows up and says, I am rolling away the shame of your slavery. That there was generational shame that they had carried. They carried shame even though they had never experienced Egypt themselves. So something new was taking place within them. And the weight of shame they carried because of who they, who they were, who they, where they came from, what their history was, was being taken away. But recognize this, the circumcision, the, the commitment to follow, the reverence took place first. And then after that, God says, I'm taking away generational things. And I heard the Lord say that, that in this time, in this circumcision, where God today is doing circumcision of the heart and of the life, that's why you feel uncomfortable right now. But as he's doing that, there are things that you have carried in your life and in your heart that have been generational, that have gone on for generations. There's a weight and there's a shame. And the Lord says he's taking it away. But then the Lord said this to me, he said, there is a shame that my church carries because of things that have happened and take place. But if you will align yourself in the fear of the Lord and allow the cutting, allow the cutting of your of your flesh, allow the cutting away, there will be a shame that is lifted off of my church. The Bible says they stayed in the camp until they were healed. But you recognize because God shows up right after that verse and says, I'm rolling away the shame of your slavery, that they they weren't only being healed in their body, they were being healed in their hearts. That the two were connected. And I feel like sometimes we're like, I don't understand why God's requiring this of me. I don't understand why God's asking this of me. But yet you feel the tug on your heart of him being like, I I want this taken care of today. Because there are things in your life that are connected to it that he wants to heal. Yeah. 
I wrote that if you choose to allow the Lord to cut some things away from your heart and life today, you will find healing begin to play, take place in things that you have long fought and battles that you have long fought. Battles that you have fought, battles that your family has fought. Battles of things that have seemed to carry on from generation to generation. And then it says they rested. <laughs> and then they rested in the camp. Some of you have felt like there's no rest in your life. And for some, the no rest has come because you have not allowed the Lord to circumcise some parts in your own life. And there has been no peace because you've allowed the enemy to keep thriving there. Instead of allowing the Lord to cut it off. Hey, I'm talking to my own self today. Verse 10. While the Israelites were camped in Gilgal and the plains of Jericho, they celebrated Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the first month, verse 11, the very next day. There we see it again. The very next day. They allowed the circumcision to take place and the healing to take place. And then all of a sudden, there was the shift that took place the very next day. We are in this moment. God is endeavoring to cause a shift to take place here. So verse 11, the very next day, here's some important words. They began to eat unleavened bread and roasted grain harvested from the land. Here's another key word. No manna appeared on the day they first ate from the crops of the land. And here's another one. And it was never seen again. So from that time on, the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. You have to understand that a shift had taken place because these men knew provision from God as manna. Their food came in the form of manna. They didn't know anything else different. And suddenly the Lord stepped in, circumcised them, took some shame off of them that they had carried generationally. And suddenly there was a shift that took place. And the places where they knew provision came from, where they knew where they met the Lord, suddenly God said, no more. There'll be a new way of doing things here. And I felt for some of you, you, there have been places where God has been provider for you. It has been the place where you have met him as provision. And God says there is a shift that is taking place where you will, where you will no longer find your provision there. That I'm causing, I'm causing a shift. And, the, and it was a good place. You have to understand that. That was a good place for them. This is where they knew God. And for us, the shift that's taking place of even where this is where we met God. This is how we met God. This is, this is where we went to receive from the Lord. 
And God says, oh, no more. There's a shift that's taking place. It's going to look different. There is a new way. And so there is some shedding off of, of old things. There's some shedding off of old ways of doing things. And I know if you've been in the church world long enough, you're like, I have heard this. I know this. I've heard this message before, but I'm telling you there's a time where God is ushering in a new way of doing things and it is uncomfortable. Be the pastor and try to figure out what God is wanting to do and recognizing that there are old ways and old systems of how we do church, of how we worship, of all of those things where God is saying, I am shifting things. And so church, I'm telling you, get ready. Because what was is no more. Is no more. So what does that look like? I have no idea. Is it going to be uncomfortable? Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's going to be waiting. There's going to be shaking. There's, there's going to be a place of like, oh, this isn't how we do it. I don't know if I like this. But listen to me. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't make what was bad. That was provision for the time but there's a new provision. And we are entering into that shift, okay. This is it, verse, verse 13. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you a friend or a foe? Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. I want you to see the shift that took place there. Now reading Joshua, you start in Joshua and God shows up and he's like, Joshua, you're called. Lovingly, be strong, be strong, my man. <laughs> be of good courage, you got this. And there was obedience all the way along where the Lord shows up again and reminds him, gives him instruction, and there was more obedience that took place. But suddenly there's a shift that takes place, and he says, Joshua being, are you my friend? Are you here to take care of me? Are you a foe? And he says, I'm neither. Here's the shift. I'm the commander. And suddenly there's, there's something that takes place in Joshua. Immediately Joshua falls to the ground. And this is what he says, I am at your command. And this is, this is the shift. 
We know him as friend. We know him as, as, as the God that loves. We know him as father. All good things. We don't put that away. We don't get rid of it. But all of a sudden, he shows up. And the shift is church that he shows up and we say, I am at your command. And then Joshua says, what do you want your servant to do? And the commander of the Lord's army replied this, take off your shoes. For the place where you are standing is holy. And this is significant because God showed up to Moses this way too. Just as there was a leading across, a shift that it was about to take place in Moses' life, there's the burning bush. And Moses is out just kind of doing his thing. He's all of a sudden, there's a burning bush, and he says, I'm going to get a little bit closer to see what's going on here. And he, he gets a little closer. He's like, this bush is never burning up. And suddenly he hears the Lord say, take off your shoes, Moses. This is holy. And now God shows up to Joshua the same way. Take off your shoes, Joshua. about to go into Jericho. They're about to take some significant land. They're about to move. But there's a moment. There's an important moment. You saw it in Moses. You see it in Joshua. It was a holy moment. It's a moment of surrender. Take off your shoes, Joshua. And this is what he says. This is what it says, and Joshua did as he was told. This marked the moment of Joshua surrendering to the call. And I started it, Joshua 5 starts with, they disobeyed the call of the Lord. And so they couldn't enter in. And then it ends with Joshua saying, whatever you want me to do, I am at your command. And he says, Joshua, take your shoes off. And he did. And he did as he was told. So I felt for us that this day, that this moment is a moment of surrendering, surrendering to the call, surrendering to the voice of the Lord. If he's wanting to cut some things away from your life, if he's calling you to places, if he's calling you to move, if he, that there's a surrendering that would take place today. And so we're going to take a moment. I don't know how you... We're going to go into another song or something like that. 
whatever song you think should be played. Sure. That, that, that you would posture your heart in this moment. I'm telling you, these are, these are serious days. Like I said at the beginning, if you're uncomfortable, you should be. I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. That we would surrender to the Lord and not be like those that disobeyed what God was saying to us. For some of us, we try to reason why we can walk this way or be this way or do this way or stay this way. Yet inside you, you know the Lord's saying you can't. But understanding that in it is because he's so in love with his church. He's so in love with who he created you to be. And he knows who you are. The Bible says that the father disciplines those he loves. And so the father would step into this place and say, I want you to surrender these things. Because I love you. Because there's more. And so church, this is what I, I charge you with today. Choose the fear of the Lord. Choose the fear of the Lord. That's what the Lord said to me, Megan, you, you know you fear man more than me. It's time for you to choose me. In the same time of praying, I, I was praying and I, I heard the Lord like in a commanding voice say to me, stand up. Stand up into your calling. I command you to stand up into your calling. I command you to stand up into the things that I've called you to be. You are not a little fish in a big pond. You are not a little kid. Stand up. And church, I say that to you today. Stand up. Come into your calling. Come into the things that I've called you to be. You are not a small fish. <laughs> giftings and callings that I've placed upon you. Youth, hear me. There are gifts and callings that I have placed upon you that are not until you're in your 30s and 40s. They are right now. Stand up! Stand up and surrender. And as Joshua, and he did as he was told, we're going to go into this song. And I, I, I don't know if you want to come back up to the front. You want to do, you want to worship, you want to get on your knees, whatever it is. But choose the fear of the Lord in this moment. Choose the fear of the Lord. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.